taking a break from killing to dive into some paranormal. Today, we meet the Moffat family and their tag-along ghostly friend, Prince. We'll look at the origins of this haunting, the scary escalation it took, and what the family did to try to remove this entity from their home. Finally, we'll give our takes on what we think of all of this. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought it felt bad having your girl tell you your wiener was too small, stick around. It has to be even worse when a demonic entity does it. This is Necronomapod. We all know what sound that is, right? <laughs> a bag of M&Ms. Delicious bag of M&Ms. Seems to be one of the, like, the only candy we ever try on the show. Seems to be an M&M. Hmm. Well, there's so many different fun flavors, right? Appears to be. If other candies came out with, you know, new adventurous flavors, I'd try those. Kit Kat does occasionally. Do they? They'll have like a white chocolate raspberry or something like that. Yeah, they have some really good ones that are I'll weird keep, flavors. I'll keep a lookout for that. You do <laughs> But uh, Dave, your wife found us some. She did. This is a, first of all, it's white chocolate and it's Rice Krispie Treat. I'm pretty excited because we're bringing that crispy back. How could that be bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they're little tiny things. Look at that. Normal M&M size. Mm, I no. love bigger, smaller. I think those look a little smaller. Smaller. They're weird shape. And they're also Easter colored. Maybe she found these in a bargain bin somewhere and these are <laughs> left over from Easter. All right. All right. People love us chewing in the microphones. I don't really taste Rice Krispie treats. Mm -mm. The white chocolate's not good with it. I yeah. love white chocolate. This is not. I don't like these at all. It's not a great mix. Mm -mm. I mean, I would eat this bag, but I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm not, not a fan. If I blind taste tested this, I would never guess this was an M&M. Mm-mm. They almost taste like, what are those little, like, malt ball things? Whoppers? Not Whoppers, though. Not the chocolate ones. The little colorful ones that are coming like those little... Fuck, I don't... It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, I'll pass. <clears throat> Not a fan. Let me go upstairs and uh, throw a quick beating for getting us this garbage. I'll be right back, guys. We should, we should just pause there, like, elevator music on. <laughs> and then we come back, like, all right, let's take care of it. We don't condone that kind of violence. Of course not. So, anyways. It's not the worst thing I've eaten all week, but I'm not a fan. What's the worst thing you've eaten this week, Dave? <laughs> I tried some kangaroo this week. What? You you fought a kangaroo, beat it, <laughs> killed it, cooked it, and ate it? Unfortunately, no. Oh. It, was, uh, it was wild game night at the French restaurant in town. and So I had some snapping turtle soup. Followed up with some uh, <laughs> kangaroo. This is not that good. Neither of them that good. No. The yeah. turtle soup didn't really have much of a taste. And the kangaroo, the picture of it looks like someone's toilet after they ate Taco Bell. 
Dude, it looks exactly like my dogs throw up. My puppies throw up <laughs> for real. <laughs> did, so you, did it? Did the kangaroo taste bad? I don't love gamey meats in general. I would try them, but I don't prefer them. I like game meat just fine. It just, uh, I think it was overcooked, number one, because I checked with uh, celebrity chef Shannon Martinez and she said it has to be served rare, rare, medium rare. I this was said, not. This was a little overcooked. What'd you say about the picture of it? I didn't start the picture. Mm. I would have liked to have heard <laughs> that reaction. But it was chewy and tough. It tasted like an overcooked pot roast. Not, yeah. that's not good. Yeah, not good. But you know, I shouldn't be eating kangaroo in Medina, Ohio. So that's that's also on true. me. But it was on the menu, so I thought I had to try it, and uh, it's not that great. I like that you went to the Australian celebrity chef about kangaroo. Of course, but you know what you couldn't ask them about is how you eat emu because they can't beat the emus. <laughs> that's that's true. As documented on Patreon.com/slash/Necronomapod, <laughs> where they lost the emu war, they were demolished. They did not have a chance. <laughs> So you had an interesting week with trying things. Yeah. Turtle snapping turtle soup, kangaroo, white chocolate M&Ms. Yeah, that's uh He didn't say where he was, but like when we were texting about that when you sent that picture. I'm like, what? you're just eating all these random animals today." <laughs> I thought he <laughs> sent it. I knew where he was. I was at the place in town called Serenity. It's like a recovery Maybe he center. Didn't. Yeah. It's a really it's a recovery center where they teach, you know, like recovering addicts work in the restaurant and so it's, Really kind of like a transition really, back yeah, into like yeah. uh, normal life. Yeah. So yeah, I like supporting a place, really good cause, and the food's generally very good. But I love French food. Yeah, same. I don't think I I would have tried a bite of kangaroo. It's not something I would have I think sought out and ordered. Yeah, but wanted to say I tried it. Now I know I don't have to. At least from there. <laughs> <laughs> Do not get that. <laughs> Do yourself a favor. <laughs> So we've been doing a lot of uh, a lot of death on this show the last month or so. I think our only we went from Garavito. We took a little break from Missing Four One One Part, you know, twenty seven, and then uh, into Dennis Nilsson. We needed to mix it up a little bit, right? Absolutely, can't be all death all the time. Lighten the mood a bit. Yeah, all death and no fun makes Johnny a dull boy. <laughs> Certainly does. <laughs> Fucking a. We needed. A, we haven't had a good paranormal or haunting story in a while. Mm-mm. This one's pretty good. You found this one, right? Somebody requested it. Yeah, this is a good one. I found it from some listener's request. <laughs> Where they sent to the wrong email. <laughs> also true. Occasionally, we won't delete ones that don't come through on inquiries at necronomapod.com. And I happen to see this one. Well, no, the ones that come to inquiries, we save all those. Yeah, but you I'm were saying s- most of the time they come from all these different places and they just get deleted. But occasionally some slip through the cracks. Um, on the the regular web email address. Yeah, whether yeah. email or Twitter. I don't want people they, to they come all over the place. If they email us at inquiries, I manage that. And I put out all of those requests into our All Excel those sheets. get added 100%. Yeah. That is the correct <laughs> avenue to be submitting, though. To be submitting requests only. Yeah. Nothing else. Don't send us <laughs> other shit there. <laughs> Inquiries at necronomapod.com. I promise you, your request will make the spreadsheet. Yeah, technically, we're rewarding someone's bad behavior tonight because this did not come through inquiries. That's all right. It's we probably cool should not have promoted that. <laughs> it's not going to happen again, though. No, it's the last one. Very strict rules around that kind of activity. <laughs> Nonetheless, 
here we go. Before we jump into this story, there's a part of it that's really frustrating using for the um, the research this story. Because in 2014, the main person of this story, Deborah Moffat, she published a book called A Deadly Haunting, which is a fictional book. She says 90% real, 10% fiction. Then the following year, she came out with the book Unwelcomed, which is all 100% real. That is the real story. Or at least real based on her right. account. Yeah, so... The, the first the two book get mixed was a novel. Up a bit. The first book was a novel, essentially, just based on, loosely based on events. Yeah. 90% real, 10% fake. Hmm. Uh, but it makes it a little confusing. Sure it does. You know, trying to figure out what's the real part, what's the 10%, I don't know. If you're looking for credibility, that, that is not help. what you would do. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but also, the just like reporting about it, like putting together an episode... On the you know trying to keep yeah. it onto the factual story. Yeah, sure. When there's a ten percent fake story on the. Did side. you slip in any of the ten percent fake facts into the story? I don't think so. Okay, I've slipped in ten percent. <laughs> Sometimes you didn't want just the tip. <laughs> just <laughs> so they so they get one inch, which is exactly ten percent of what I got. <laughs> <laughs> Do the math, ladies. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm no mathematician, but I feel like that's a good solid five inches. <laughs> so the story centers around Deborah Moffat, her husband Bill, their son Jamie, who was born during all of this, and doesn't play much of a role at all, and Bill's parents, Bill Sr. and Lee. In 1986, Debbie which that's what she likes to go by as Debbie was living in New York and through a dating service, she met her future husband, Bill, even though Bill lived in Los Angeles, the two of them hit it off over their love of professional wrestling. And they started sending VHS tapes back and forth. <laughs> you nerds ever try that? And they say romance is dead. <clears throat> Tape trading, bringing people together. Gotta love it. Someone should uh, create an app that matches uh, wrestling fans together. Like Match.com. That'd be a good one. Matches.com. Right? Matches. <laughs> <laughs> Deathmatch.com. Ooh. Mm. Mm. All right. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Swipe right at your own risk. So one's in New York, one's in California, and they send each other wrestling videotapes. <laughs> yeah. But that's... <laughs> so... Tape trading, Dave, though, was a big thing oh, with yeah, wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's how yeah. you, you know, they didn't have pay-per-view back then, or a lot of them didn't have syndication. Mm -hmm. So that was a big thing. It's just, you know, this one's a little interesting. She's like the one female tape trader that's yeah, out there. Yeah. Fucking Bill locked that shit down. <laughs> that is a weird thing when you find a female wrestling fan. They're not, they're, they're much rarer than the, uh, you know, the typical male fan you see at the shows. Yeah. Some of those old video dating things are pretty funny. Back and look at like videotapes of the '80s that people made. Those are that's good stuff for like there. dating sites yeah. and stuff. I don't know if I've seen. Some oh of yeah, that. that's good stuff. Like hi, I'm Debbie. <laughs> oh, I, I remember like wrestling. That. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, sucking big cocks. <laughs> so if you like wrestling and have a big cock that you want sucked, hit me up. <laughs> 
I'm like, all right, I'm listening. My heroes are uh, Andre the Giant and uh, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Andre the Giant probably had a pretty big penis, right? I, I would think so. That's dangerous. It's like 24 inches, probably. <laughs> you probably disemboweled people with that right. thing. According to Debbie, Bill's mother, Lee, was the daughter of Andre Kachia, who was a powerful member of one of the families residing in California who were connected to the Sicilian Mafia. She said Lee, quote, loved her father dearly, but was ashamed of the things that he had done. Regarding Bill Sr., Debbie said that he was a mean alcoholic that would purposely talk shit between family members and then sit back and watch everyone fight. Just generally a miserable guy. He said you're an asshole. Hey, he <laughs> said you're a cunt. <laughs> cunt. <laughs> Debbie and Bill got married pretty quick after meeting, like within a year. He locked so. it down, man. <laughs> Watch wrestling videos on your honeymoon for a week. He found the female wrestling fan at that yeah. time. They had to be much rarer back in the 80s than they are now, too, I would assume. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You can go on YouTube now and find anything, right? No, I meant a female wrestling fan. Oh, I think I meant like the, the, the videos, <laughs> no. the tape ratings. <laughs> female wrestling fans. Probably, yeah. I don't know a lot about that era, but I know mm. when I watch old WrestleManias, you're not seeing a lot of chicks in the front row. Yeah. Seeing like old ladies try to attack the wrestlers because <laughs> yeah. they don't know it's not real. Oh, that was the ter- true territory days. <laughs> right. You're like someone's grandma there who's yeah. been watching since like the Those 1800s. <laughs> she's lubed up on a pint of whiskey and she's trying to fucking fight. <laughs> Harley race as he comes to the ring. <laughs> That's the best. They're, they're, That's before, good stuff like before there. the barricades where it was just that little thin rope <laughs> right, separating right. them. There's like you can see on TV like the, the haze. Oh, that Jesus. <laughs> took a cum shot of Miller Light to the face. <laughs> Sprayed everywhere. That was weird. <laughs> you see those old tapes and like those arenas, there's like a haze of cigarette smoke just like going up yeah. in the oh, rafters. Yeah. It makes my eyes burn watching some of those tapes. <laughs> like you can feel the smoke. After they got married, Debbie and Bill moved into Bill's parents' house in Rancho Cucamonga, California. Bill also had some heart issues, so he felt better living with family members. Bill's family owned three houses. They rented out two of them, and then they lived in the third. Debbie talks about some weird occurrences happening in these houses. Since she didn't see anything personally uh, for a while, she saw something move on its own. But the one thing that I remember from her Art Bell interview that she did about this story was that there was a sports room that was locked at all times and then some memorabilia got moved around and no one knows how anybody would have done that. Like the tenant swears he never went in there and right. it was locked, but mm. yet everything was off the walls. It was bobbleheads, right? Like arranged <laughs> on the floor. Bobbleheads kind of lost their thing when uh, those... Funko Pops came around. Yeah. That's it. Okay. <laughs> That's all. I don't want to derail the story anymore. Eventually, they decided to uh, to sell these houses and move into just one big one because Debbie's son had been born, so the baby was there now. They didn't want to get their own house? Uh, from my understanding, Bill is just a lot, feels a lot better being with his parents. Well, you know. 
It's not like he's an adult male or <laughs> with his own family or anything. So Thanks okay. for keeping up that reputation of a wrestling fan, pal. <laughs> Living in your mom's basement. <laughs> Literally. <Yeah>. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. Beard. He probably had a fanny pack. Fucking loser. <laughs> for the first three weeks of being in this house, nothing happened. Then the paranormal occurrences started off slow. There was a picture turned backwards on the wall. Debbie said that she personally witnessed some objects moving around the house, doors shutting by themselves, and sometimes objects that would just seem to materialize out of nowhere, kind of like in the Black Monk of Pontefract where eggs were disappearing from the from the refrigerator and yeah. showing up in the living room. That's good stuff there. Classic poltergeist stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not the one where the lady cooked, overcooked the meat. No. No, it's not. What was that one? Which one? The where she overcooked, like she, she did the well done meat. Betty and Dreason. That was, and that was for aliens, yeah. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Black monkey. That was Aunt Maud. Oh. oh, Aunt Maud. The poltergeist like took her gloves and was like doing a drumming <laughs> thing, like <Yeah>. a band <laughs> orchestra. <laughs> All right. That was a good one. He's like, yeah, let's go. I remember it now. Sometimes I just need a little refresher. Maud. I'm going to remember Maud. Fucking worst name. <laughs> Maybe there's, for men have Keith, females have Maud. <laughs> then things started ramping up fast. There was no, like, middle ground here. On one occasion, the family was finishing unpacking their belongings. So that would have been, like, four weeks into living in the new house. They had some stuff that they just hadn't put away yet. They all heard a loud crash coming from the kitchen. When they went to see what happened, they found that all the cupboards had been ripped off the walls. That That's no small thing. <laughs> I mean, no. Yeah, it went from knocking to just ripping all yeah. the cupboards. Where's our in between? Either Ramping this, up period. This house was really deteriorating, like <laughs> bad. <laughs> or there's something fuck there's some fuckery going on. Did they get a home inspection before they bought this house? <laughs> That night, their dog, which was a shepherd mix, was left outside overnight. And when the family woke up in the morning, they found that the dog had seemingly been pulled between the bars of an iron fence, which, you know, is a pretty small opening, which essentially how it's described is the dog was cut in half. (laughs) First blippy, now this? Yeah, this is too much, pal. This is too much. (laughs) Peter's going to crucify us for these stories. <laughs> Don't kill the messengers here. So that's wild. That's a that dog was just pulled straight through that fence. I'm trying to think of a there's a horror movie scene like that where you just like get pulled through bars like that and just, you know, into three or four pieces. But yeah. That's scary. Poor doggy. Yeah, that's not fun. This yeah. is not like a fun entity like other oh. ones. This one's kind of a dick. Dare I say, <laughs> hmm. sir, you're a bit of a dick. <laughs> and I, I'm a mad you made me say that because I don't use swears. I don't use swears. It's time to move already for being honest, right? When she was interviewed, Ian sent us the link to the Art Bell one. Art got on her a bunch about like, why were you still here? Why didn't you move? But I think we'll see that that maybe hmm. wasn't the, that didn't work anyways. Hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. I like it here. It's nice. Huh? I'm sorry, we're not all rich radio podcast or radio stars like you are. Can't just afford to up and move. 
<laughs> Following the incident with the dog, Debbie herself said that she saw Lee, so her mother-in-law, being lifted off the ground and attacked. Debbie said, quote, as if someone very large and strong had kicked her in the backside. Then there was like a, a shower of small rocks that came down on Lee right after this. Hmm. So it's not like this happened outside. Shower of small rocks. Yeah, like pebbles. That fucking hurt like hell though. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Like an annoying type thing. Like mm-hmm. it, it's not going to knock you out. It's just going to hurt a bunch. Pelting you in the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't have left the dog out, I guess. Yeah, it was punishment. So everybody's freaked out at this point, rightfully so. Then whatever the phenomenon was, started writing on the bathroom mirror of Lee and Bill Sr.'s bathroom with a bar of soap. And the first message was, no escape. We have a picture of this. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of photographic evidence in this story. After Lee There's and- a lot of photographs. <laughs> 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 After this, Lee's nickname was written on the mirror which was only known by her sister who had passed away. I think it wasn't like Nini or something like that. They mentioned it on the on the interview with Art. I can't remember. Nini or it was something just basic like that. It wasn't like, you know, twat oh. waffle or something. <laughs> twat waffle. <laughs> no, no, I don't know what sisters call each other. Term of endearment. Yeah. Yo, can I borrow your lipstick, you twat waffle? <laughs> <laughs> then one day bad wire was written on the mirror along with warnings to stay out of the attic. Lee initially thought what was happening was this was the ghost of her sister, warning Lee from the afterlife about things like a potential fire hazard in the attic, stuff like (laughs) that. Yeah, that's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) However, it eventually became clear that this was an evil entity that was solely focused on Lee. Lee's clothes would be found ripped up and stuff like her credit cards and driver's license would go missing. After the message talk or burn was written on the bathroom mirror, the family decided that they needed outside help. I don't know what you're supposed to do with these cryptic messages. Like, what do you do? do, you do? Okay, you wrote talk or burn. I don't really know what you want me to do. <laughs> right. like, okay. But if it was real, seeking outside help, that's what I would probably do. What else could you do? Yeah, right. You can't really communicate with it. You don't know what to make of the threats. Yeah. Most civilians aren't equipped to handle a threat like this. They don't know what to do. Well, I would call Ian would know what to do. (laughs) Ian would know. And if he didn't, we would call Zach, right? Yeah, Zach would know. He'd bring his good friend Post Malone. (laughs) Like, Mike, what are you feeling about the situation in your house? Like, well, not great, Zach. Can you help me the fuck out? (laughs) What was it that we saw with, with Post Malone? That box? Yeah, yeah. What was it called? The Dybbuk box. The Dybbuk box. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It was there. At first, they reached out to a psychologist, and this person was like, hey, you need to get a hold of a paranormal person or a priest, something like that. So they got a hold of a priest who came out and only stood at the entrance of the house, threw some holy water on the ground, said a prayer, and then left. That's helpful. Yeah, they're like, that didn't accomplish anything. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> so they went to a crystal shop called the Crystal Cave, where a self-proclaimed witch named Anella said that she would be able to come out to the house and maybe offer some assistance. Anella did a ritual, burning sage, that kind of stuff, and said the root of the issue was a manifestation of Bill Sr.'s negativity. 
when Anella was done explaining what her thoughts were, she went to gather her things, like the the bowl for burning sage or crystals and stuff, only to find that somehow they had mysteriously ended up at the bottom of the pool out in the backyard. Mm. Where was Debbie while all this was taking place? <laughs> Throwing this lady's shit in the water. <laughs> Getting outside help seemed to piss the phenomena off because a symbol started to be burned into the carpets, keyed into their cars, all kind of stuff, which the symbol was a triangle with a tail coming off of it. Essentially like a triangular sperm <laughs> is what it looks like. <laughs> I shoot those. <laughs> the writing on the bathroom mirror in Lee's bedroom got more threatening. So Lee and Bill Sr. moved to the downstairs bedroom um, which they all slept in the same bedroom this was not like they moved downstairs to another bedroom they were all four in the same room what <laughs> sounds awesome <laughs> hey dad watch me uh suplex debbie and then give it to her putting my wife in the figure four check it out do the same to mom try it. double figure four bill senior was mr negativity he didn't want to be bothered with all that ho-hum garbage <laughs> he's a bit of a curmudgeon it sounds like <laughs> can you imagine sleeping no that sounds what awful what are you talking about <laughs> awful <laughs> but the writing followed them to the downstairs bathroom Regardless, the family still looked for help. They found two paranormal investigators who came over and did the whole ghost adventures type thing, yelling at the phenomenon to show itself and all that kind of stuff. And they were met with a disembodied voice saying Prince, followed by laughter throughout the house. As these two women made their way through the house, the entity, which now is named Prince, seemingly followed them around the house. It would open and slam shut doors in the rooms they were in or when they were in the kitchen, the burners on the stove would turn on and be turned up super high, down low, back and forth. Then they had a magician come out. Not the card trick type magician, like an Aleister Crowley occult type a magician. A real magician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, you get like a good sleight of hand type magician, I will be entertained for hours. I'll be scrolling through Instagram and see like that David Blaine stuff. Mm -hmm. It's it's incredible. And I know it's not real, but I'm just like, how? Like, how much talent do you have to have? Have you guys seen the one where he's in Harrison Ford's yes, house? Yes, it's great. And Harrison Ford's like, Harrison Ford's like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> he puts Harrison, Harrison Ford picks a card. Mm. It ends up in an orange that Harrison Ford cuts open and the fucking cards in the orange. That's crazy. Like, I understand it's just the sleight of hand stuff, but the talent. Yeah. I I'd watched for hours. That's a good hours. clip. Yeah. And David Blaine does some crazy stuff. Like, he levitates. Mm -hmm. Seen those videos, too. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's it's like camera work. But, like, the people watching him are, like, shocked. I don't know. It's just very fascinating how, like, you know, that's one business that has protected itself well, unlike wrestling with the kayfabe. Like David Blaine is, yeah, he kayfabes. Yeah, and but like all of like that kind of stuff, like you never really see this the like the secrets behind. Well, that. if you go see Penn and Teller, you do because they do their show and they show you how they do each one. <laughs> oh, do they? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Do they do the same stuff though? They do a lot of the magic tricks and they show you exactly how you, how they do it. Mm. 
That's not fun. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. Their, yeah. Is that has that always been their thing? I think so. Really? Mm-hmm. I think so. I've never seen them. I mean, live. my that's only my base, my only other than like just knowing their name, my only basis of knowledge of them is the West Wing when they allegedly burned the American flag, and then it was <laughs> yeah. a whole big deal, yeah. and they refused to say what they did, mm-hmm. which sounds like the exact opposite of what their gimmick is based on what you said. It's interesting. Unless I'm misremembering this, yeah. They, they kind of they show pull you. the curtain back and show I don't you how like they that do one bit. Tricks, I don't no? think I like that. Well, don't go see them. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, I like, I, I don't know. If I want to go to one of those shows, like, I want to be wowed. And then if you show me, I'm going to be like, oh, okay. That makes perfect sense. Sure. You don't want to yeah. know. No, I want to have that, like, a go, little bit of the mystique. Ah, uh, well, how'd you do that? He saw, he saw her in hell. <laughs> Fuck. Arrest you can't that guy. That. You can't fake that. <laughs> Like, that's the experience I want. I want to get into that shit. <laughs> she can't. She'll never survive. Does David Blaine tour or does he only just do like celebrities now? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even know he was still doing stuff. I hadn't heard of him in a while. The clips yeah, might know. be old. I don't know. But anyways. Okay. Yeah, he was good. So this guy arranged some eggs in the middle of the floor and started chanting. And what Debbie said sounded like Spanish. When he was done, eggs just started shooting from all angles. From the you know in the room at this guy, <laughs> so he took off super scared and didn't come back. I've shot a lot at eggs, but not have an egg shot at me. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Soft boiled or hard boiled? Soft usually. Yeah. Well, by right? the, well, by the time I'm shooting, they're pretty well scrambled. <laughs> Another person was a psychic who told them to leave the house on Halloween and the day after. I'm not sure why, but when the family returned two days later, Lee and Bill Sr.'s mattress was found slashed over and over again with a knife. There's a pic of that I saw, too. Yeah, that's out there. Mm-hmm. Was that on that link you sent us? I'm going to have to go through. That's something. It's a picture. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it is a picture. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Like they even cut like the memory foam underneath it and stuff, or at least the foam. It's a bold move, Prince. Yeah. <laughs> you know how expensive memory foam is. I'm not sure that's memory foam. I'm not oh, looking at it. Right. It just looks like it might be foam. Did they have memory foam in the 80s? Doesn't. Seem I don't know, like Dave. It. Ian and I were sleeping in cribs in the 80s, so you tell us. <laughs> I don't recall ever having memory foam. How common were uh, camcorders back in the late 80s? I mean, we had one. Would, would they be easy to use, like pull it out and sure. use it quick? I don't know that most people had them. I, as long as they were, like, I know my family had them. Like, as long as it was, you, you charge it, you put batteries in it, and you just turn it on, and there's a tape in it, and you, yeah. you record. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean. The I think pay- they might have invested in something like that, had they, with all this stuff going on? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. You would, that's where my mind would go. I would try to do something like that. I'd get my, nowadays I would get my phone out to try mm-hmm. to record not just a photo, but let's video of it. And even then now people be like, oh, it's AI. It's not real. But you got to try. You I got to try. I agree. I don't believe anything I see anymore. But you have to try because the first thing they're going to say course. is, well, where's yeah. the video? Yeah. I do like that there's a lot of evidence with this one. You know, p- pictures not going to move around or, or prove anything. But... Most of these stories don't have anything to yeah. go along with. You're right, it. right. True. This is something. 
when we always say like, well, where's the picture? Where's the, they, there's pictures at least, even if they kayfabe them, there's pictures. And there apparently seems to be some eyewitness accounts. There's a lot of people in and out of this house. Yeah, but are these eyewitness accounts coming from Debbie later saying what happened when these people came and not from these actual people? Everything that I've used for this is from Debbie. Okay. Do we even know if some of these people exist? I don't know for sure. See, that's a little different. Yeah, right. We'll talk about some people that I do know exist. Well, that's what I want to ask, like if they ever confirmed it, but we'll get there. So regarding all of this evidence that she had all these pictures because she said that they had thousands over the course of this whole haunting she said that every paranormal investigator they had would tell them to throw away the pictures like don't hold on to the negativity however debbie later found after her husband bill passed away which is in way in the future 2012 Mm -hmm. um he had saved around 200 of those pictures in a box that he hid. So what we're seeing today is what Bill... Son of a bitch. Yeah. You threw away the pictures, but you kept 200 of them. <laughs> <laughs> Son of a bitch. Why did he keep them? Jerk it off. To him. <laughs> oh, look at that Probably. slashed up mattress. Oh, look at that fucking mattress. Slashed it. <laughs> Look at that fucking picture torn, turned around on the wall. They, I mean, they were really hurting for porn back then, right? Whatever got you off. That's right. Sears catalog. Right. Pictures of demons slashing up your bed. No escape <laughs> written on the window. Oh, fucking no escape. I'm trapped here with this bitch. Debbie. Oh, oh. No escape. There's no escape. No escape. Jesus. Why? Why did I share wrestling videos? <laughs> Fucking twat! (laughs) Bill Senior is my new favorite this whole episode. No, that's Bill Junior. Oh, Bill Bill Senior is the father-in-law. Oh, that's right. Maybe they both did it together. Our fucking wives. Bill Junior. (laughs) Bill Junior kept the photos. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I was thinking Senior. Everybody essentially hates Bill Senior. That's why I was asking, yeah, like, right. and if he didn't like believe in all this, I was like, "Well, how the fuck's he stealing the photos?" And then when Dave said jerking off to him, I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense. He's just fucking getting off of this shit." <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get there in a little bit. Everybody hates both senior. This He's story. negative. Oh, my father-in-law's a hitman. Why didn't he shoot me in the face? Oh, no escape. <laughs> so the family started experiencing issues with animals, things like. Their trees in the yard would be covered in crows for no reason. Or their house would get infested with rats, which Debbie said that it got to the point where rats were just hanging on to stuff. Like if you opened up a closet, rats would be hanging off of shit. Christ. Ooh, <laughs> fuck that. Now I'm moving like art. I'm not afraid of mice or rats, but if I saw one and like enough like that in my house, like where they're just hanging upside down. I do not like rats. Like a mouse... I'm terrified of a mouse, but I could understand people that are like, oh, there was a mouse in my basement. Fuck it. I'm going to bed. There's a rat in your fucking basement. Are you going to bed? <laughs> Those things are the size of cats. No. Some I've of seen are... giant rats in the New York yeah. City subway system. They're the size they're of cats. Terri- they're terrifying. Like, that's be... just not something you shoo away or that's going to hide in the cupboard. That thing's going to eat your fucking face as soon as you go to sleep. Yeah. I think I, re- I remember reading. Um, I might have talked about this before. When Bobby Kennedy became senator of New York and he was trying to do a lot to help the impoverished there, 
he had heard from a family that was living in an apartment complex and they were woken up at night to rats gnawing on their baby's toes. Like it was that rat infested. And for whatever reason, that one's, well, not for whatever reasons, because I'm terrified of those things that stuck with me. Like just living like that. No, no escape. escape. (laughs) Like a mouse is going to run away from you. A rat, if it's hungry enough, is just going to come fucking tear you up or try to tear you up. I just fucking stomp it till it was dead. But. Yeah, when I said I wasn't scared of rats, I'm talking little guys. A little guys? Yeah, yeah I, would, sure, I would be. Sure. Yeah. I don't want any big rats. There's like an uncanny valley where it gets to this certain point. Yes. It's, then it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> Makes my skin crawl, all of those little creatures. I opened my washer the one time. No. I, was, <laughs> I opened my washer the one time. It was at a different place that I was living at, and um, there had been rumors that there had been some mice running around so i opened the washer and there was three mice crawling around in it so i closed the door fucking ran that washer <laughs> God damn right. yeah and then when i opened it later they're just all f- sitting in there dead <laughs> but even then i was afraid to touch them like i had to like get like a pooper scooper to get them out put them in a bag and even then i wasn't gonna throw them in my trash so i took them down to a sewer and i dumped them in the, the body <laughs> of the sewer because i was like i don't even want those things like waking up and being zombie m- mice in my house not God taking damn. a chance. But it was perfect. It was like, oh, you want to play around in a washer? Here you go. This is the definition of fuck around and find <laughs> out. But you can't swim. Yeah, right. Mice luck out. There was me. no clothes. I capture them alive and let them go. God damn. Nope. By the way, if there were clothes in that washer, I would have burned all those clothes. Luckily, it was uh, <laughs> dry or empty. Yeah, no, thank you. I can't believe you catch them and let them go. I don't think I would have. I don't <laughs> think I would be able to kill a mouse. That'd be really hard oh, I to could. do. I could. I've also with shovels before. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was moving things out of a shed once, and they had like been living in a box, and they tried getting out. And I was like, nope, I don't want to take a chance of you getting close to my my house. Boom. Just you just it. step on them and squish their heads. Uh, well, I didn't want to get near it, so I took used a shovel. Ugh. But yes, you could do that, too. All right. Okay. Next that time seems I can- unnecessary. Ian, Ian, house. Ian, next time I see a spider, then I'll catch it and let it go. <laughs> No. See, he's like, no, sir. The mice are mammals, though. There's a difference, right? There's a hierarchy mm, with. Mm. That's fair. Yeah, maybe there is. And they're both below me on it. And so I'm going <laughs> to fucking kill them. That's also fair. <laughs> Just like if a lion saw me, he's not going to be like, oh, well, he's a mammal. And, you know, it's Mike Namapod. No, he's going to fucking kill me as the way it should be. <laughs> that's why I don't put myself in situations where a lion can get fucking near me. It's the way God made the universe. Hey, let go and let God and stay the fuck away from things that can kill you. So at this point with these rats, Debbie kind of lost it. And she went into the bathroom and yelled at the entity to stop with the rats. (laughs) Debbie said that she didn't get a response back as in something written on the mirror or written. But she said that the rats never came back. They just were gone. It worked. It was also at this time Debbie decided that she wasn't going to call the entity Prince. She was going to take away that power. And from here on out, she called it Mr. Entity. Shouldn't she call it the entity formerly known as Prince? (laughs) (laughs) I would have went with that. So while all of this really extraordinary stuff was happening, the family still reported, you know, the typical haunting stuff. Sometimes they just run of the mill, everyday haunting that everyone goes through. Typical blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Like the footsteps, furniture moving around upstairs. Oh, yeah. I have that every day. Sure. 
Do you now? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, they had one that was super specific, quote, a rhythmic pounding that resembled a stereotypical Native American war drum. Hey. Like that? I don't think there was the chanting. Though. Oh. Just sounded like the drum. Hmm. <laughs> 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 nope, just the drum, pal. So now you just... Speed. Now, now it sounds like someone's hitting her hand on the desk. I do wonder what what does that mean? The Native American drumming sound. Yeah, yeah. you got to have the chanting. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, Mecca, mecca, hi, mecca, hi, me, ho. Mecca, mecca, hi, mecca, hi, ho. Mecca, lecca, hi, mecca, hi, ho. Is that how it goes? I think so. Mecca, lecca, Which it seems like Mr. Entity was kind of making fun of the Native Americans that they were scheduled to have out the next day because they were set to have two Native American shamans out the next day to try and help. So he already knew. Foresight. Yeah. Hmm. Those shamans were Red Wind and Fire Panther. It could be real. I don't know. It doesn't sound real. Hmm. I don't think uh, Fire Panther. they hide them, had them out or those names? Those names. Oh, I don't know, mate. I, I guess they could be. Like if you Look, there's her- a lot in this story to pick holes in. I'm not sure that's going to be the, the, the battle I take up. Yeah, I guess if I said her, though, what would a goofy white lady who wanted to make us believe that uh, Indian shamans came out, what name would she give them? And I would say, oh, Red Wind and Fire Panther. That sounds about right. <laughs> Fire Panther's a pretty fucking awesome name. It, it is. It is. Okay. The shamans did the same thing the paranormal investigators did, and they challenged Mr. Entity, to which he showed himself to the shaman and Debbie. Debbie recalled, quote, Slowly and right before my eyes, I watched as the pink insulation on the inside of one of the walls slid off and formed into the rough shape of a huge head. It was at least five feet tall, but only a head formed. As it became more defined, we could see that it had a very large chin, a large, strong nose, high cheekbones, and where an ear should have been, a circular horn began. The horn made a circle on the side of the head and then curved over the head and past the forehead. How many times can I say head in one sentence? <laughs> that is the wildest part of this whole story. Yeah, that's crazy. That is insulation. cool, man. Just bits of insulation forming a huge head in front of them. Yeah, like a demon head with a horn Ooh. and stuff. Art had some issues with this that Debbie just let, you know, continue to live alongside this. I don't know how you can do that. Well, he, the whole time, he was like, why? Like, how are you still living here? Well, you know. <clears throat> No escape. No escape. I don't know what I'm going to do. But I think, and I don't think we mentioned it yet, though. When they leave, it it doesn't, it follows them. Yeah. I'm not sure moving would have, we'll, we'll talk about it. So I why guess. bother, right? Moving, well, but give they, up. they don't know that at the time. I yeah. think everyone's first thought would be, I need to get out of here if you could financially do that, if yeah. you could make it happen. But then what happens if you do, you move to a new home and then it's there again? Like, now how helpless are you feeling? Yeah. That would be the worst. Just keep moving until it until <laughs> you lose it. Tail. <laughs> no escape. <laughs> Maybe you move, you move uh, out of the country. Maybe it doesn't have a passport. It can't go. <laughs> that's, that's a really good point. 
I'm sorry, Mr. Uh, entity formerly known as Prince. Uh, I'm <laughs> not going to allow you into Mexico today. Sorry. After about a minute, this head made of insulation fell apart, and the shaman suggested that they do a ritual where they could transfer the entity to the family's new dog. They bought another dog after hmm. the other one got cut in half. Debbie agreed, and seemingly it worked for a time. However, after about a week, the dog died, and Mr. Entity was back in full force. Maybe no more dogs for these people. Two of them. That's not cool. Now keep the dogs out of this. They didn't do anything to you. Yeah, you transfer it to the dog. <laughs> Get out of here. That sounds really familiar, too, and I'm, I smoked a lot of weed, so I can't think of what it is, but I know for a fact I've heard a story where a dog where like a spirit is transferred to a dog mm. as I a don't resolution remember that it might be something from a movie or if something you smoke like i smoke <laughs> you high like every day <laughs> i don't recall that either towards the end of 1988 debbie got a hold of a psychic named brian hurst who introduced her to a paranormal investigator we only know as gary Gary came out to the house, and the first thing he did was he yelled, show me what you can do, super aggressive, to which a book flew across the room and, and, bla <laughs> and blasted Gary in the side of his head. <laughs> Gary is, uh, he's something. <laughs> At this point forward, Gary becomes the beta cock of Mr. Entity. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Entity goes after Gary as much or maybe a little more than... It does with Lee. Shouldn't go in there all aggressive, maybe. I have a lot of thoughts on Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, paranormal investigator. Hmm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a time of transition, a time of change. Summer is coming to an end and fall is here. With that comes new routines, changing weather, and yes, football season. Does the stress from any of this keep you up at night? Does your brain start talking the minute it touches your pillow? Do your thoughts start racing at inopportune times? Back-to-school routines can be difficult to manage. The cold weather can become a burden. Shorter, busier days can often cause us to question our choices and decision-making process. It turns out, one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk through them. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative cycle and find some mental and emotional peace. Therapy can be beneficial in helping us learn about ourselves, which in turn gives us the ability to calm our brain down and keep those racing thoughts in check. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and with that extra confidence, nothing can hold you back. So, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Necro today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Necro. At the same time as Gary showing up, Debbie got a hold of Ed and Lorraine Warren's contact information. Debbie called Lorraine and was told that the Warrens were actually going to be out in California soon for a conference and they would stop by um right around this time debbie also said quote during our wait for the warrens the entity stayed busy tormenting lee and gary the entity's new favorite topic for discussion was gary's sex life the main themed 
seem to be the diminutive size of Gary's penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's a direct quote. <laughs> Small dick Gary. Small dick Gary. Like, did the did the thing follow Gary home and terrorize him at home? And like, how did this manifest? Was it was he writing like little little wiener on the, on the mirror and stuff? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> he was I am, drawing with soap on the mirror. <laughs> I'm working with uh, some AI developers to start doing in, incorporating some of that into Cucks Across America. Oh, is that right? To where if you want, I don't even have to be there, but we can install um, like a microphone, and I can just like you you'll hear me, um, <laughs> you know, demoralizing you as you're banging your wife. <laughs> Kind of like this This was with Gary. Like, just be like, oh, I bet your wife doesn't even feel it with that small penis inside of her. Hey, make sure you let her know when it's in because she's sure not going to know. Oh Stuff like that. You it's, know. it's very mean. It's for people who want it. Oh, people, only if they want it? Well, I'm not going to violate someone's home right, and just invade that their privacy and put my little <laughs> microphone. Though that would be fun. You're like, hey, what's, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just taking the idea of that <laughs> Got it. and going to incorporate it into the my, you know, cuck humiliation. Sometimes I can't be in three different places at, at sure. once, so we'll do this. Yeah. It's a good business model. And then maybe every now and then, like instead of just like my voice, I'll work in like a Pee Wee Herman clip. <laughs> Are you trying to drive me crazy? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> or like I would really fuck with him and like as soon as he inserted it into his wife, I would just play like. Something wrong here. <laughs> I just really mentally fuck with them. You're not keeping a hard on after you hear that coming out of your walls. <laughs> <laughs> that is so shitty. <laughs> oh, God. All right, good stuff. Thought <laughs> you were looking for something else. <laughs> the Warrens showed up in February of 1989, and on the first night of their visit, Ed performed the rite of provocation. Bill Sr. was sitting in his chair while Ed was doing, doing his thing, when all of a sudden Bill Sr.'s arm curled up towards his chest. His back curved forward, and his neck bent down like his head was almost resting on his chest. At that point, Bill Sr. got up and started walking towards Ed. Ed pulled out a little piece of wood and yelled, quote, you can't hurt me. This piece of wood is a holy relic and it protects me. Bill responded, quote, I will bite your hand, chew it and that piece of wood up and spit it in your face. Then Bill Sr. sat back down in his chair like nothing happened. My favorite part of this story is that Bill Sr. literally just had a stroke in front of his family <laughs> and they did fucking nothing about it. Because Ed and Lorraine Warren were there. Yeah. No one called an ambulance. No. Instead, Ed threatened him. <laughs> <laughs> All because he was a curmudgeon. <laughs> so Lorraine told Debbie that they were dealing with a really strong ancient demon that was attached to Lee. However, the Warrens told Debbie that they didn't have any real connections out in California, so they wouldn't be able to help. Which seems like there was no money to be made here, so... Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's why they didn't do anything. After Ed and Lorraine left, Gary showed back up in March of 1988. 
Debbie said, quote, with two-thirds of his clothes destroyed and half of his <laughs> hair left. I don't know what exactly happened to him. Like, why He's his hair was missing. <laughs> he has been through it. Give that man a fucking bed. <laughs> He's, like in a, he's in a mosh pit or something. Went, <laughs> Gary went to a hardcore show he didn't belong in. Do they rip your hair out in a mosh pit? <laughs> if your name's Gary, they might. <laughs> so, um, going back to Ed and Lorraine Warren, is there, and I'm only asking it now because we're at their part with them, is there something to be said about what they thought the foolishness of the story was to where they were like, we can't make a penny off this, we're out of here? I mean, they're, they're, they're bullshitters, we know. We've covered that a lot before. But one bullshitter can certainly spot another. Right, so that's what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Like, Did they just see this and they're like, we can't do anything with this? Yeah. Or was it simply a, oh, we don't believe it type that's thing? That's a good question. I mean, there has to be at least a hint of reality. Something that they can this. sell. Yeah. And they were just like, nah. Yeah, like they're experienced and all this. They maybe got there and they're like, okay, Debbie. Yeah. yeah we're going we're gonna to go now. You and Gary take care. Yeah. And by the way, call the EMS for the, your grandpa because he's <laughs> stroking out over there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it just didn't click. Yeah. Like you said, two bullshitters recognize each other. <laughs> That's right. Like George Lutz and Ed recognized each other, yeah. and they came up with that whole Andy sure. story. Maybe it just didn't click here. Or like you said, it was like, okay, W. <laughs> yeah, you're an amateur. We, there's nothing we can do here. There's you're no, no George Lutz. That's right. <laughs> There's no book to be sold here. <laughs> Meanwhile, Art Bell's like, I'll make some money. <laughs> Call me the fuck up. Right. Let's go. I'll pop a rating tonight. <laughs> At that time, Mr. Entity also started writing very detailed messages on the mirror. This is from Debbie, quote, The Entity wrote a remarkable story of past lives in satanic worship involving a monastery in France. Black magic, blood sacrifice, and a nun who coincidentally was a previous incarnation of Lee. <laughs> Coincidentally. Hmm. Like the story was that Lee was promised to this entity hundreds of years ago in a past life of either her or someone else, and the entity was coming to collect. Like, well, you know, I didn't know my ancestors from 400 years ago could uh, promise me to somebody, but <laughs> yeah, right. thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Trying to ancestors. live in Rancho Cucamonga. And, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> pretty rude of your ancestors to do that to you. it really is i think debbie should have taken some pictures of these writings on the mirror yeah these would have been cool to have it would have been more than just no escape that brings us to paranormal researcher dr william roll he was scheduled to have a phone call with debbie about what was happening to the family and if he could potentially help when Debbie had the phone call, she was shocked to find that Bill Sr. had already spoken to Dr. Roll. And Bill Sr. told him that Debbie and the rest of the family were making the whole story up to sell the rights to a movie company. Mm. <laughs> then Debbie found the following message written on the mirror. Quote, I got your chain and the cross. I can enter him without his cross. I don't know what that means, but I think Bill Sr., just kind of had enough of everybody and told the truth. Yes. <laughs> That's what I think happened. It's like here. these fucking assholes <laughs> I'm living with. Bill bullshit is my favorite one in this story. No. Well, him and small dick Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Entity also followed the family on vacations. During a weekend trip to Victorville, Debbie was woken up on a Sunday morning by pounding on the cabin door. 
it was Lee from an adjacent cabin. She brought Debbie and Bill to see the bathroom where Lee's baby powder covered the floor. And Debbie said, quote, In the powder were spots that looked like footprints. The heel looked like a large semicircle, where toes have been were only small marks that looked like claws. There was nothing in the space left between heel and claws. They were considerably larger than a normal human footprint, with the length between prints suggesting a long stride. How big was this bathroom? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. The footprints can be considered a long stride. Like if I take a long stride in my bathroom, You're from I'm going to hit the, the other. wall. Yeah. What are you you're talking just out, about? You're just out the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just out of the bathroom at that point. <laughs> You've walked out of the bathroom. <laughs> okay. One and a half long strides and I'm out of the bathroom. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Next, a countdown started on the mirror. It said Lee dies in 10 days. Then it counted all the way down to one. On the final day, the warning came to a head and Lee got sick with pneumonia and congestive heart failure. Eventually, Lee made it home, but the mirror messages kicked off again with God protect us, but God was scratched out and it was replaced with Prince. Oh. I told you I'm the symbol formerly known as Prince. You can't even say my name. Just show the Stop. symbol. <laughs> Stop misnaming me. Fast forward to April 23rd, 1989. At 3 a.m., Bill Sr. woke up to cold metal hitting his leg. It was a dagger. Was what it, what it looked like. Debbie confronted Mr. Entity, with, to which he asked for a blood ritual. But Debbie said no, that it wasn't happening. And this is like a fucking ancient, like spearhead type thing was on his leg. So they allegedly found the thing. It didn't just feel like it. There was something no, it was in that, his bed, allegedly. Yeah, on his leg. The next day, they took this dagger to the Museum of Natural History the expert there said that it was an artifact from the Belgian Congo. It was over 200 years old, but it was in perfect condition. And this was confirmed mm. by the museum? Uh, yeah, the Museum of, what was it, Natural History. Mm -hmm. They, But they never confirmed this, right? Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. There was no press release from the any museums. Is there a picture of this thing? About a 200, what was it, 200 years old, but in perfect condition? Yeah. You would think that might they might try to take that item museum and say, hey, we'll clean it with this on display. <laughs> hey, we'll buy it from you. Yeah. None of that. Or we'll borrow it. We'll, we'll show it for a time. Hmm. None of that. Maybe it was the Natural History Museum in Canada. You probably don't know the, know the one we're talking about. Yeah. It lives in Canada. You guys don't know it. She, she doesn't go. I mean, I'm sorry. The museum doesn't live here. <laughs> I, met the, I met it at summer camp. and. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Back in grade school, man, with my friends, I did so many girls that went to other schools and people didn't know them. I was a pimp. I bet you were, pal. I bet you were. Then we get to another real person. You know, she has Ed and Lorraine Warren. Um, and the next person that comes into the story is Dr. Evelyn Paglini, which Art Bell is friends with her. So this is a real person. Um, Debbie doesn't remember how she came into the picture, but when Dr. Poligny came in, the mirror started ramping up. Um, first, she kept in touch by phone, and she would tell Bill Sr. to draw certain symbols on the mirror, to which Mr. Entity would mock the symbols with its own. 
And according to Debbie, the entity didn't stop with symbols, wrote insults, calling Dr. Poligny, all kinds of stuff, and going into rants about her being, quote, a sexual deviant. Well, that's kind of mm. rude. Well, was she, though? <laughs> she might have been. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. We support sexual deviants on this show. Big fan. I have all their <laughs> albums. <laughs> Dr. Poligny believed that the demon's presence was allowed by someone in the household, and they were allowing it to stay. Bill Sr. became the prime suspect, and when he was confronted, he said, absolutely not, but... <laughs> Everybody thought it was Bill Sr. Hey, it's not me. Come on. Then it, it missed all this stuff going on. Gary came back into the story. Hell hey. yeah. <laughs> Small dick Gary back in town. He was homeless now. and He <laughs> he must be a great paranormal investigator. <laughs> uh, so he asked the Moffats for a place to live, which they allowed him to live with them. And through Gary living with them, Debbie met a voodoo priestess named Ellen. Gary became convinced that Ellen was the key that would close the door on Mr. Entity, but like everything else, it just made Mr. Entity stronger. Th thanks, Gary. You're really, you're really <laughs> contributing here. <laughs> He's Take your little really pee, -pee and, and go somewhere else. <laughs> He's having a hard time. Nothing yeah. good happens when he comes back. Uh-uh. First time he came back, he... All his clothes were ripped up and his hair was missing. Bald. Yeah, half small, bald. Small penis. <laughs> Came back again. Still small penis. Pissed off, Mr. Entity. There's this other uh, instance that's real crazy where Lee one night said that she was, she felt like she was glued to the bed, like she couldn't, couldn't move at all. Then the next night afterwards, she was actually glued to the bed. Like they had to peel her mm. off. Yikes. Yeah. Like her hair and everything. She was just glued to That's the scary. Who could, have done, <laughs> who could have done such a thing? <laughs> That's pretty crazy, though. Like, how'd that glue get there mm. all over her back? Yeah, I wonder. Bill Senior done that. Bill Senior was in some nasty shit. <laughs> when did this story break, like, into the public consciousness? Is it when she wrote this book? Like yeah, who but publicized this? So she did in 2014. No one heard of this before that until she published this 90-10 real fake percentage book. Yes, okay. in 2014. Okay. Then 2015, she pu published a book that's the real version. Right, right. And her daughter wrote an article in 2022 that we'll talk about. Yeah, I read the article. Kick this off to... Right. To the point that we're doing a podcast on it. Right. One day, Debbie and Bill Sr. were at a grocery store picking up a few things. Among the items, Bill Sr. picked out a chocolate layer cake from the bakery. When they got home, they discovered that the cake was dusted. with It wasn't sugar, but it was powdered aspirin, which Lee was allergic to. God damn. I think Bill Sr. is trying to kill Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And while this was all going on, Debbie found out that she was pregnant. And a message on the mirror said, quote, congratulations, you're having twins, which Mr. Entity knew beforehand because that was confirmed in 1990 that Jeffrey and, or when uh, Jeffrey and Jessica were born. Uh, foresight. Still cooler than a fucking gender reveal party, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. 
Oh, you had a pink balloon? Well, a demon named Mr. <laughs> Entity told me what we were having, so you can go fuck yourself. I saw one today online where they had a big party and a guy came out in like one of it was like one of those sumo suits, but it was like a baby suit and he wasn't like in pink. And then a guy came out in a sumo like baby suit that was blue, and they had a wrestling match. And then the winner was the gender reveal, like whoever won. People are fucking weird. We've man. jumped the shark. <laughs> We've jumped the shark on the gender reveals. That's. Do you ever see the one in Mexico where they get a plane to like spray pink or blue smoke, but then the plane crashes into the field <laughs> yes, I've seen and that. the pilot dies? <laughs> oh, for real? Yeah. <laughs> <God damn>. It's <laughs> like. <laughs> They're like, uh oh. They're like, yeah, but what was the color? What was the color? <laughs> I don't know. Not good. Not, <laughs> Not my good. thing. Not my thing. Just read your fucking think. sonogram. Yeah. I don't know why you have yeah. to have all this. Yeah, yeah. It's bizarre. It's a bit much. Or just be a normal person. Have a demon write it on your mirror. <laughs> exactly. Like that's fucking cool. At least that's a story to that's tell. That's a story. Yeah, you don't need to have a party. <laughs> I don't think so. All of those people just hop who had, on the phone. Those people who had the pilot die. Uh, they have a story now too. That's a good kinda. story. Yeah, yeah it sucks for that guy. I know. Died over some dumb shit. Poor guy got like was told <laughs> exactly. was told he's working unpaid overtime that oh weekend. Like, God. hey, you got to fly this plane to do a gender review. He's like, oh fuck, and he dies. <laughs> just blew up in this field. You're like, Jeez. wouldn't it be funny if like he was so pissed, like he knew and he put in the wrong color, like and released like the blue, and really it was supposed to be pink. <laughs> He's like, fuck it. Final act of defiance. Yeah, fuck it. If I'm going down, I'm fucking going to mess up your wardrobe for the first three months. <laughs> That'll show Yeah. Him. Good luck with that blue bedroom. Should have been pink. <laughs> <laughs> Dead. So after the twins were born, um, June of 1990 brought the return of Gary. Now... <laughs> Now he had an issue with his stepdad and needed somewhere to live. <laughs> Mom, I'm not living with him anymore. It's a, when we when I got I'm to a this paranormal p- investigator. Tell him. I didn't know where to go from here because when I got to this part of the story, I'm like, how old is Gary? <laughs> this made me question things a bit. Mom, I have a job. Tell to leave me alone. I'm a paranormal investigator. He brings I figure like he brings out a badge, like Ian brings out his MUFON badge. Like, I got a badge. I'm a real boy. <laughs> Gary. There's Ugh. Him and Bill Sr. both, they steal the show on this one. Oh, yeah. This is great. Stepdad's yelling at him, demons writing little wiener on his mirror. <laughs> like, he's driving the guy crazy. I'm not calling you dad. You'll call me dad, damn it. I'm 37 years old. I'm not calling you dad. Mom, I'm leaving. Pack me a lunch, please. <laughs> Can you make sure you cut the cross off yeah. by PB&J? Cut the cross off, please. <laughs> Moffitts, it's me. <laughs> it's Gary. Remember me, Gary? <laughs> Can I stay for a little while? My stepdad's being a total dick. <laughs> Gary, you're 37 years old. <laughs> this is great. With Gary's return, Mister. With Gary's return, Mister. Entity again demanded for a blood ritual, and the demand was specific this time. It needed to involve that ancient dagger and that spearhead thing. That was found months earlier on Bill Sr.'s leg, and it needed to be 
Gary's blood. A few days later, Gary found a new job as an estate caretaker on an island off the East Coast and left again. <laughs> Bye, <He's>, Gary. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't having the blood ritual. An estate caretaker. I could do that. That's a fun job. Yeah, it'd be cool. All right. Good for you, small dick Gary. <laughs> with your skullet. <laughs> skullet. That's what I assume with half his hair gone. <laughs> like it's just a skullet, Like right? he got peeled back when he's <laughs> lost his hair. <laughs> Like just, I mean, realistically, he probably was balding, right? And But he still has got that bat hair in the back. And I picture my Gary has a skullet. And he, he's 37, and he argues this mom and stepdad. Hi, hi, mom. Yeah, tell Keith I got a job as an estate caretaker, and I, I'm going to have a penis enlargement. So tell Keith he's never going to see me again. Can you send me, send me 50 bucks? All right. Gary, small penis Gary with a skullet. Lee finally got to a breaking point around this time because Bill Sr. is still being a real dick behind the scenes. And so she asked Bill Sr. to move into one of the guest bedrooms. However, he was quickly back in with Lee. He claimed that Mr. Entity had attempted to electrocute him. (laughs) He said he woke up in a puddle of water while his electric blanket was on. That's not good. (laughs) Bill Sr.'s... Bill Sr. told his therapist about Mr. Entity attacking him, and that led to him staying for two weeks in a mental health facility. I imagine it might. <laughs> I think Bill Sr. just wanted to get the fuck out of that house <laughs> and away from that family. Probably. Say, like, please put me in the mental hospital. <laughs> when he got released, staff suggested that Lee should come in and stay for some help, which... This fully pushed her to her limit with Bill Sr. And she demanded that he leave their home and said that he could only come back after the entity was gone. So what I read, was it in the the Art Bell story or in the article we're going to talk about, they were talking about Bill Sr. like communicating a bunch with the entity to trying to have it kill Lee. Oh, I I don't remember that part. And then they made him leave and they never saw him again. Never saw Bill Sr. again? Never saw him again. They caught him trying to have the entity kill his wife. Bill Sears probably sitting there like, I don't even fucking believe in you. But if you are here, could you just fucking take this bitch out? Like, they literally watched me have a stroke. They didn't do anything. My, you know, my daughter-in-law is just a twat waffle. What am I supposed to do here? You're not too busy writing on the bathroom mirror. Yeah. Maybe you could slaughter my wife for me. And you know what? You're welcome to stay here as long as you want then. <laughs> So, yeah, maybe it was in the article. That makes more sense. He's gone. He's like, thank fucking God. <laughs> yeah. He's on a beach in Cuba somewhere, smoking a cigar. Yeah, living the life. On cue, Gary was fired from his job as the estate caretaker <laughs> and showed back up. <laughs> and Gary was still trying to help. He found a woman named Nanette who claimed to channel an ascended master from the Great White Brotherhood. Oh, I love no. their work. <laughs> what the fuck is the Great White Brotherhood? Don't love the name of that. Is this Aryans or sharks? Like, what are we talking about here? Well, when you're talking about ascended masters <laughs> and and great white things, you're you're getting into Madame Blavatsky. Mm. The we're tiptoeing some lines here. Yeah, you're getting into Madame Blavatsky, but right. this is clearly Aryan. This is not not sharks. Well, I was going to say, it's not uh, 
starting to think they're not very good people. <laughs> it's not that kind of Aryan, but it's Aryan. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Yeah. It's like the swastika argument. It doesn't work anymore. Like you can't say, yeah. oh, well, Man Blavatsky was talking about a race of aliens named the Aryans. Yeah. Sorry, you've, that's the argument's gone. Right. When Hitler co-ops your, your stuff, like you got to let it go. Hey, guess yeah. what? Retire that logo. <laughs> Come up with something else. Yeah. You could literally make up any logo in the world. Use a little imagination. Come up with something. Use a triangle with a little sperm. You tail could literally it. take watercolors, dip, dip <laughs> the end of your cock in it, and mushroom stamp a few different things on a paper, and that would have more credibility now than the swastika. Just do that. You're not wrong. If you've never water watercolored with your penis, what are you doing with yourself? Maybe I mean, I haven't, but I think I came out into something, and now I'm going to try that. It's going to be my new Sunday hobby. Penis watercoloring with Mike. I'll teach it at Sunday school. You can sell some paintings for $50 million in the future, like Jackson Pollock. See? You never know. You'll be Jack off Pollock. <laughs> Jack off. Hey, <laughs> I might steal that. <laughs> During her visit, they had like a seance type thing. The family watched as she went into a trance and she relayed messages from one of these guys from the Great White Brotherhood who had lived centuries ago in the Far East. This brother suggested that Lee's connection to the entity is a result of things that she had done in her past life. Like being that nun, right? Yeah. So Gary left with Annette only to come back five days later when she wanted him to pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gary. You mean Gary wasn't good for his rent? <laughs> hmm. Hey, Keith, uh, is my mom there? I need some rent money. <laughs> so, is, is Gary Mrs. Hildebrand? <laughs> apparently, that time it was. Wouldn't that be the ultimate twist? Gary's mom <laughs> is Mrs. Hildebrand. <laughs> Gary, I'm trying to call Mike Dalapod. Stop bothering me. Gary then proposed a new solution. He suggested to Mr. Entity that it come with him to England. He wanted to move overseas to oh, a new life. Yeah, there you go. After Gary left for the airport, Debbie found a goodbye message from Mr. Entity on the mirror to which she responded out loud saying goodbye. So the the entity, Mr. Entity has attached himself to Gary. Wow. They're good for you, Gary. They're gone. It's a match made in heaven. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now Gary who clearly wanted back in this life, right? Yeah. He kept coming back. Yeah. Now he's got his story. Now you own it, Gary. Go sell it, pal. Go make yourself a million bucks, you small cocked motherfucker. <laughs> so angry. You know? Sometimes you got to root for the little man, right? I've ruined enough of their marriages that sometimes I like to see them win. Fair enough. Fair Just enough. saying. There's nothing like, uh, no, no, <laughs> nah, <laughs> not there yet. Bill Sr. passed away in 2007 from health issues. Like you said, he was just out of the picture for years. You got rid of him. Yeah, gone. you're gone. He probably lived the best <laughs> years of his life when he was gone. What was that? When did he get kicked out? 90? Did we have, even have a date? Ish. Yeah, somewhere in there. So he lived 15 years, 15 right? years on his own? Fucking just dicking down any girl he saw? <laughs> Telling about his crazy ass family That's he used right. to have. That's right. They let him. They watched him have a stroke and did nothing. <laughs> and then he's like, "Speaking of stroke, his penis ain't gonna touch itself." Good for Bill Senior. 
finally found his path. Yeah. Lee died in 2009 due to congestive heart failure. Everybody's getting a congestive heart failure. Yeah, I know. It's almost like it's hereditary. (laughs) In her, uh, (laughs) when she talked to Art Bell, she said that, like, she's listed off tons of people. Yeah. The family. Heart conditions, yeah. Then Art was like, are you okay? (laughs) She's like, I feel great. (laughs) When Debbie said it, she she did literally say her mother-in-law and her husband. That was it. And then they said Bill Senior died. Yeah. And then they, she was like, yeah, everyone's been dying from it. And it was it was like two or three people. And I was like, well, they're all related. <laughs> that could be a thing. I felt like she tried to blow that up to be like, yeah. anybody who's touched or who's been touched with by this sure. man trying to sell his, head it, can, yeah. his head died of heart failure. Well. Bill Jr. died in 2012 because of his heart condition. What? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Can't fake that. <laughs> And that's when the pictures were found. And two years later, the book was written. Gary's life continued abroad. He moved to Spain following his time in England. Debbie talked about a time when Gary told her how he had found a symbol, like the triangle with the tail, carved into his door. They quickly stopped talking about it and denied that Mr. Entity was still with him, like it was gone. Where's Gary today? He's owner of Cool Down Media. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't that be the ultimate twist? He's a fucking boss. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't hurt so much if it wasn't true. So, yeah, I mean, that's the story. And we talked about it before with uh, getting into how we know about this story. She wrote the first book in 2014, the second book in 2015. And then Jessica Moffat, her daughter, wrote an article about it for Huffington Post in 2022 that I guess you could consider went viral. Like it blew up into a big thing. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's how we got the request for it. Maybe that's how what brought this back to light. Could be. It was more or less just a summary of her weird childhood where everyone was depressed and actually. She was one of the twins. Was she, she was one of the twins, Jessica and Jeffrey. Yeah. yeah. And she never knew kind of what had happened with all this stuff in the house prior to her being born. And then when her dad died, when she was talking to her mom, and mm-hmm. she finally, they found the photographs and finally shared all the stories with her. And it was just her thinking back to her childhood, you know, making sense now. So a couple, I don't know. I have a couple questions. The a first son of... Debbie and Bill Jr. We don't really talk about it at all. No. There's been nothing ever of him. He never had any experiences. He's never come out. He's been off the him. kind of grid forever. I bet he has congestive heart failure. Well, <laughs> it, he should very much be keeping track of that he given should. his his family history. Um, okay, so nothing from him and then nothing from uh, Jeffrey either. Like it was just kind of Jessica's thing. Yeah, I didn't see anything. Mm-mm. Because the what's the first son's name? Can't, what, what Jamie. Jamie would have been old enough at that point to like have experienced things or remembered things, but nothing mm-hmm. ever. I, <laughs> you know, Bloomhouse just bought the rights to it. Damn. So there, there'll be a movie made. Good for Debbie. And then hopefully people search for fucking podcast episodes on it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. 
What was the story she was telling about the Guatemalan maid on, so, on the Art Bell interview? She starts the Art Bell interview with, they believed, Debbie believed, that this all started because Lee, her mother-in-law, her mom, Lee's mom, so it would have been Bill Jr.'s grandma, mm-hmm. was very sick and dying. And they hired a Guatemalan neighbor to be her caretaker. And they think that the Guatemalan caretaker had all of the best intentions. But after the Lee's mom died and the Guatemalan lady was no longer in, in, in the equation and gone, they went and they found, and I can't remember where she said they found them, but they found blood, animal bones, and feathers Mm. around in the area of the body of Lee's mom, mm. Bill Jr.'s grandma. And they they said that the they think that the Guatemalan lady was practicing Santeria. And maybe that opened something up to bring something mm. in. That's what she said on Art Bell. And then, I, yeah. I mean, I looked up other stories of it because I was trying <clears throat> to find, I couldn't remember the specifics after I had listened to the podcast. I didn't see anything else that had said that. So, Ian, I don't know if you saw that in any other research or where that came from, but she said it on Art Bell that that's where they believe this might have originated from. But they don't think she did it intentionally. They thought this lady was doing whatever to try to keep the old woman alive. The Santeria, um, that was brought up to by the voodoo priestess that Gary found. Oh, okay. That was mentioned by that. I think that woman's name was Ellen. I don't practice Santeria. That's the same thing I think of every time. You sure about that? (laughs) You sure about that? (laughs) That's 100% what I think. (laughs) Don't even love that song, but that's what I think of. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Good good for them selling their story, I guess. I do not really believe this story. No. Mm -mm. No. Not even, no, we're not even a little bit. No. Yeah. no. Oh, for three on this one. Um, <laughs> I just, oh, yeah. I had one other thing I meant to me- mention before. There was not a ton of Bill Jr. talk in this. And then when he died, we found the photos. I agree. Yeah. Was there anything of him throughout this? Like we talked about Bill Sr., we talked about Lee, and obviously Debbie. The wife seemed what, to hang out with Bill Sr. a lot, like she's grocery shopping with him. But like, yeah, no what was Bill, of Bill Jr. doing throughout all of this? Like, did he experience anything? Did he say anything? Did anything happen to him? I guess he's just right alongside Debbie for the ride, and that's just kind of it. Yeah, yeah. Debbie, I think no one was a but fan it's weird of Bill Sr. in this story. But then why is he keeping all those photos too, Bill Jr.? That's weird. Like, you're not a part of any of this that we know of. You're not having a big role in the story, yet you're like kayfabe, like stealing these photos and keeping them while your wife's being told to get rid of those photos. No escape. No <laughs> escape. Yeah, well, that, that, that's a weird part of this. He was just invested passively in his own way. Hmm. Kept the photographs. Maybe he was writing messages on the mirror with a bar of soap. I, I, <laughs> maybe Bill. You think Billy, Billy Jr. was doing well, this one? Maybe it was Billy well. Jr. I don't know. Maybe. I think it's. I think it's possible. Maybe him and Bill Sr. both were like, "Let's get rid of these fucking women. Let's <laughs> run them out of this house." Yeah, because they were all sleeping in the same bedroom. 
together. I just picture like uh, Willy Wonka, like they're all in the same yeah. big bed. Four people on the same bed. All right, Bill. Bill Senior, close your eyes. I'm gonna I'm gonna pound Debbie now. Do you ever really think about that scene in Willy Wonka where that grandpa stands up like for the first time in years and he can't get up? Like, where was he shitting and pissing? I, who wrote that movie? Like, and who so was fucking weird? Who was he getting bathed? Like, I have so many questions about that one scene. Yeah. Also, who the fuck decided to put a bed in the middle of the room and not against a wall? Like, that's psychotic also. That's, that's very strange. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna flat out say this is not a real story. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna argue. That's where that. I land. Yeah, no, that's not real. Ian, do you find anything else on this one or any other uh, last thoughts? Uh, no, I'm good. Like, Which uh, book do you no. recommend? <laughs> do you recommend the K Fabe book or like the real book? I did not find both are out of print. Oh. So I just oh, that's weird. Com- mm-hmm. <laughs> I compiled as much as I could of like Debbie's mm. quotes and various websites she's talked to, things like that. Okay. And tried to piece the story together in like a you know, somewhat comprehensive line. Yeah. Like some of this I you know, I don't know if there's people out there that are like real like diehard into the story or not. Mm-hmm. But some of this might be out of order a little bit, I don't know. Compared to the books. Well, it's hard to put it together if it's uh, out of print. Yeah. Yeah, right. But I guess good for them selling their movie rights. Hopefully they got paid. Look, I'm all for people trolling the general public. And if you can make a buck (laughs) off it by making up stories that people believe, go fucking go for it. As long as you're not actually hurting anyone, sure. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. What's the difference? Like we always say, the world's cooler if something like this is real. It is. Yeah, I mean, I want to live this story in the world. Fake as fuck, but go ahead. I'm sorry. I'd like to think that Gary was real. I hope Gary's and out there living. Look, his there's best a lot of small right dicked Garys out there, though. In all fairness, like if your name is Gary, you probably have a small penis. So I apologize for your condition, um, <laughs> but the only thing that could probably bring any light to your life would be to subscribe at Patreon.com/slash Necronomapod, <laughs> and maybe we'll bring some joy to your small penis life because. <laughs> Maybe your wife will enjoy it too, because she clearly is not getting it in the bedroom. Oh my god! <laughs> Speaking of patrons, thank you to new patrons: Slubbin's Passport, Kayla Kano, Macy Spencer, Lydia Hammond, Willie Layer. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Bladen Fetzer, Nick. Bleep faked his own death. He's still alive. I hope so. Conspiracy. That'd be a great twist. Gucci Coochie. Nicole Do It. William Hanna. Cucks of America. Mike banged my mom and all I got was this podcast. (laughs) Sounds about right. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Son. Chris. So depressing. Peg Ian Cuck Mike Mary Dave. I think Ian got the short stick on that one. <laughs> Only if Gary was pegging him. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. You've been Gary. <laughs> Diana Morrison, Michelle, Van Wags, The Flying Dutchman's Penis, Proc Holiday, <laughs> Rachel Vogel, 
Brittany Bogard, John from Deal UK, Mrs. Hildebrandt's Rancid Granny Panties. <laughs> Chance DC93, Leela Hines, Dim, Rennell Jackson, Brittany Senhen, Sean Coven, Dominic Zacharias, Dilatron69, and Dixon B. Tweener legs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to uh, all new patrons. Actually, I have a couple of make goods that I messed up their names. I couldn't actually believe I did this, so I went back and listened, and I did. Uh, thank you to patron Danger Dan, who I said Danger Dan for some <laughs> fucking reason. What is Danger Dan? <laughs> and also to Dyson Wright, who I somehow said Dyson Wright. I had a Phantom A stuck in the middle there somewhere. So Dyson Wright and Danger Dan. Sorry about that. This is fucking absurd. I, I listened to it. That's what I said. I like that you went back and checked the film. I'm like, Good for you. I'm like, there's no way I messed these names up. That's not even possible. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> uh, what do we got in the reviews? For iTunes, I won for Four River Refinery and Riley Cooper Fan 14. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. We got any international or uh, military? No, no. What the fuck? No, I do not have anything. Well, that's stupid and disappointing. Um, I have a quick thank you to Melanie. Sent me a fucking badass fanny pack. It is a WWF title belt slash fanny pack slash cooler. Um, I used it today to come down to our studio. I put my... Uh, uh, what did I put in there? I don't even remember. Stuff. Oh. Well, I put a mug, <laughs> a mug in it that someone sent us. Dave will get to that in a minute. And uh, my pen and my cell phone. Walk down hands-free, thanks to that WWE uh, title belt cooler fanny pack. Thank you, Melanie, for sending that to me. Maybe there'll be a picture at some point. Wearing that. It's like, Wearing only that. It's like brand name, too. It's Igloo and WWE officially licensed. Like, it's the cool. two greatest brands of all time, right? Yeah. It's got all like the little gems on the <laughs> belt. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Very cool. Thank you, Melanie. I have uh, a, Dave, what else? I have a couple of shout-outs. We got uh, a set of... Jim Jones mugs that say drink up. <laughs> They're pretty actually cool. It's got his little face on it. That's pretty it's drink up. That's pretty good. Makes you a little nervous to take a sip, to be honest. <laughs> so thank you, Caitlin and Brian, for sending these <laughs> Jim Jones mugs. <laughs> and we got a we got a couple of books in the mail from uh author Paul D. Miller. Albrecht Drew, Paranormal Dick, Albrecht Drew, <laughs> Ghost Puncher. So I am not exactly sure what these are about, but uh, we will have to check them out. Thank you very much for those. If you want to buy these books, uh, druenk.com, druenk.com. So thank you, Paul. Yeah, thank you. We'll certainly check these out. That's all I got. Thanks for the kind gifts, people. Also, in honor of uh, Veterans Day, we are going to have a little sale on stickers. I think we teased it last week or maybe the week before. Yeah. Anyways, it's BOGO on stickers. Buy one, get one. That's Buy it. three, get three. We're going to put that up uh, by the time you hear this, and then we'll leave it up until Dave remembers to take it off. That's right. So It might, yeah, it might become a Christmas sale as well. 
It's a limited offer, though. This offer is only available to individuals who are active duty military or veterans of the military or anyone who knows of someone that is active duty or a veteran of the military. Or anyone who can name a historical figure that has been a veteran in the military. That too. So if you don't fit in that category, please don't go trying to get the BOGO offer. We'll reject you. <laughs> we, will, we will do research and look into you. We're going to substantiate and we might even, your claim. We might even call you and ask you a trivia question <laughs> so that you have to answer to get that BOGO. Oh, it's Declan calling. Uh, who's this person? His prepubescent voice. Um. Yeah, necronalpod.com on those stickers, by the way. Bogo. Bogo. All right, we good? Yeah. Hey, we're good. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, patreon.com slash Necronomapod, Necronomapod.com. Get those stickers, Bogo, right now, and amazon.com. Search Necronomapod for all of our merch. All right, you guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>